There's a huge new announcement from The Motley Fool, so you're definitely in the right place, folks, because this is where the money is. Welcome to the show. It is Tuesday, April 1st. I'm Matt Kopenheffer. Right here next to me is David Hansen. David, we've got a very, very exciting show today, Mm -hmm. including, like I said, a big new announcement from The Motley Fool. Before we get to that, though, looking ahead to the end of the month here, my birthday's coming up. I got to do something big. The end of April? Well, if we just got to April, you're already looking the at the end. end? It's, it's my birthday. Okay. And I'm getting old. Yes. And, and, when, you're really get, old. and when you're getting old, you got you to gotta do cr- some crazy things. So what I'm doing, getting a Motley Fool tattoo right across my torso. I don't know if you've torso? ever seen. It, have you ever seen Tupac's Thug Life tattoo? Yeah. Right across. Motley Fool, just like that. That's a good idea. It's, I thought so. Do you have any tattoos? I don't. Well... Technically, I don't. Technically, you don't. What the heck? There's one on... Well, I'm not going to get into it here. Okay. Motley Fool, right across the torso. (laughs) Getting to the good stuff. The big announcement from the Motley Fool today, of course, is Fool Coin. Mm -hmm. Fool Coin is the latest entrant and the greatest entrant into the digital currency revolution. Yes. And it's from the Motley Fool. This is I, I don't I don't even have I almost don't have words, which may surprise you given that I talk so darn much on this show, but I'm so excited about this announcement. I think as listeners, as viewers of the show will know from the past, I was skeptical on Bitcoin when we first started talking about it. But I came around to the idea and and what I really latched onto with Bitcoin was not the idea that it's a currency. Because I think that's balderdash. Mm-hmm. I think that's balderdash. Plain and simple balderdash. Yes. But what it, what it does well is it's, it's a good way for people to transfer value from one person to another securely, digitally. Yeah. Full coin, on the other hand, when, when I've looked at what we've done in developing this, what the Motley Fool has done in developing this, this can be used as that same transfer as Bitcoin, but it is much, much more effective as a currency. So I think when you talk about digital currency... Yeah. This is the first time I really believe the currency part of that. And, and one of the big things, and not just the payments behind Fullcoin, is the security of it. I and mean, we just saw what happened with Bitcoin at oh, Gox. And yeah. what, six it was a joke. 6% were, were lost. Uh-huh. Looking at what the, the team here has developed with Fullcoin, this can't be lost. Right. And it's backed by the Motley Fool. So you actually have someone standing behind this but to, to me, currency. To me, that's a big difference, too. And, and I, I guess before I go any further, uh, listeners and viewers should go to fool.com mm-hmm. because we're having all sorts of – as we get this started, building up the volume, building up uh, – gaining traction for Foolcoin, which I don't think will be much of a problem. But the people who get in early, get to fool.com and get in early, can get a free Foolcoin, right. which is crazy. The, I think the, the value – uh, has been going up throughout the day. We announced this earlier today, and it's been going up throughout the day. Started at five hundred dollars, mm-hmm. um, but then posting uh, comments on our articles, posting on the message boards, you can earn full coin, similar to the way you can mine Bitcoin. Right, and, uh, and the price has been going up, but unlike Bitcoin, which has kind of a cap on how many bitcoins there are ever going to be, what is mm-hmm. it, twenty-one million bitcoins? Something, something. There is no cap on Fullcoin, so it can grow continuously, and the price has gone with it. So it's kind of a, a better situation for investors as well. Right. And, and get, getting back to the who's behind this thing, w- with Bitcoin, you had this uh, shrouded figure mm-hmm. creating it. 
Uh, it took, what was it? It was Newsweek, wasn't it? Yeah. It was Newsweek to, to track down Satoshi Nakamura. Yeah. That was, I'm getting that right. Maybe. Satoshi. But even he says that it wasn't him. Right, so exactly. So we, don't, so, so we still don't know. So, so it's, this, it's this who knows who made it. In this case, you have the Motley Fool standing behind this coin. I, I'm just, I'm really excited about it. Mm-hmm. I, I think this is going to be a game changer. I agree. All right. We could probably spend the entire show talking about Foolcoin. I'm not excited about it. But we have you mm-hmm. on the hot seat today for Stock Pitch. Yep. What do you have for us? Tuesday, Stock Pitch, going with uh, a smaller company here. A lot of people probably had not heard of this market cap under a-, a billion, so probably not a lot of people's radar. Going with Security International Credit Enterprise. Mm-hmm. And credit is with a, with a K there, so they kind of spell it a little differently. Right. Uh, Krispy Kreme, right? Yeah, exactly like that. Ticker is S-I-K-E. Uh, so this is a credit card issuer, like I said. And like Discover, they have their own network, so they don't go through other banks. They're the ones issuing the cards. They're the ones controlling all of the payments here. And like I said, they're still very small. They're trying to get their brand out there, get accepted by more merchants. And their kind of main strategy behind this is just getting their cards into as many people's hands as possible, right? I mean, if there's a family mm-hmm. of five, instead of just giving that family one credit card with a $20,000 limit on there, mm-hmm. they give five credit cards, each with a $20,000 limit to there. So they get the exposure out into the marketplace. So you expand, I mean, when, when we're talking about the difficulty of growing, of, of banks growing credit, mm-hmm. I mean, this is... This is a differentiated strategy that we're not seeing elsewhere. Right. It, they're kind of looking, at, they're looking at the data and using right. analytics to say, all right, where can we get more cards into people's hands? Because more credit cards in more people's hands is a good thing for, for this company. And, and I, I might have the argument, you, you might hear the argument from somebody, so you have a, a five-year-old, a seven-year-old kid um, in the family who all of a sudden you're giving a credit card with a, with a $10,000 to $20,000 credit line to, and the, the company is taking credit for the, extending that credit. Mm-hmm. And you're saying, well, what's a, what's a seven-year-old going to do with a credit card? What's a seven-year-old not going to do right. with a credit card, you mm-hmm. know? And if, if we think about the amount of transactions that are taking place over mobile, over the Internet, you need a credit card. Cash isn't, cash isn't any good for that anymore. Right. So when we think about the, the inter-family dynamic of giving an allowance for, for certain things, does it, give a kid cash, what are they going to do with it? Exactly. So they're extending, credit card they're extending the loan here, but since they have their own network, they're getting paid there. So as, as more, wh- whoever is making the swipe, they're making money here, and then they're making the loans. Okay. Um, but speaking of the loans, they don't give, they don't break out loan performance in their filings, which is a little odd for a credit card okay. company. But when you listen to management, they've been around the block for a while, and they say, hey, look, we feel pretty good about the loans we have on our books. Don't worry about the underlying numbers. It doesn't, it doesn't impact this business as much as, mm-hmm. as a Discover, like I mentioned earlier. So you can really rely on the management team here. This is a great team that's been around for a while. You look at, you look at headquarters. It's an unbelievable facility, uh, corporate headquarters, amazing, 1,000-square-feet offices here, uh, really impressive management team. They've been around the block. They know what they're doing. But, but look, when, when we... When we go back to Peter Lynch, he's, he's talked about in the past, if you look at uh, headquarters, if you look at management's offices, they, should be, they, they shouldn't be ostentatious. He would say that's a bad sign. Why are you highlighting this as a positive? Well, I, I talked about them trying to get their brand out there and being a high-end brand for, for everyone in mm-hmm. the entire family. They want to be this image of where do you want to get to, right? I mm-hmm. mean, if you have some downtrodden office and the middle of Nebraska, no one's going to care about your business there like you would uh, a nice uh, headquarters down in Miami. This is where Security International is headquartered. Okay. Um, 
Speaking of management, looking at compensation is something we talk about a lot here. They have a little bit of a wonky compensation structure. Mm-hmm. Um, the way it works is they have a special annual dividend that goes to shareholders. Shareholders uh, pay the tax on the dividend, and then there is a reverse dividend that goes back to uh, management there, which gives them sort of a tax shield. Uh, so the shareholders really have the accountability because they're the ones actually paying this is that, that, that sounds like a pretty novel arrangement here. Mm-hmm. So you have a dividend, and then tell, how does this reverse dividend work? What is what is what is the mechanics of that? If, if I'm a shareholder, how does that work for me? Well, basically, it'll hit, it'll hit your brokerage uh, when it comes tax time. You pay the taxes on that, and then when it rolls over to the, the dividend, next. hits your okay. So you get the yeah. dividend, you pay taxes on it, and then once that the, the end of the year hits. It gets reversed back to management, and that's their form of compensation. There, not is it the entire dividend goes back to them? Yes. Oh, the entire. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, looking at valuation, finally, uh, trades at a fifty percent discount to book, which is a little ridiculous in my mind. It sounds like it. I mean, you've you've been pretty positive so far. So trades at a fifty percent discount to book, but again, looking at management in their most recent conference call, they said, "Hey, look, you can trust us. Our book is." Undervalued. We are. We should be trading above book value. It's ridiculous mm-hmm. to trade below mm-hmm. book value. Mm-hmm. Trust us. This is kind of what we're seeing uh, in our private numbers here. It's ridiculous that we're trading a fifty percent discount. Uh, so, looking at the business here, the potential and the valuation, I think should be on everyone's radar. You a buyer here? I am. All right. Uh, ticker symbol again for Security International Credit Enterprises? S-I-K-E. All right. We have an email address. That email address is WTMI at fool.com. Mm-hmm. We love to get questions and comments. Uh, today, kind of interesting, we've, we've got a question that came in from a, an email, an, an email or a listener that, that does not want to be uh, revealed, right. wants to be anonymous. Um, so we can't share this name. Um, but the, the question, let's go ahead and get to that question. The, the question here, I've recently had a digital currency allegedly named after me. Given the choice, would you rather buy Coinye West, Bitcoin, or Fullcoin? And again, we've got that, that anonymous uh, down there. Um, we've we've uh, bla- blanked that out. Um, can't reveal that name. So maybe it's, I don't know, maybe somebody named Bitcoin who, you know, this is, this is named after. So Coinye West, uh, Bitcoin, or Fullcoin, the first thing I should point out is because of infringement issues, is no longer called Coinye West. Mm. It's now just called Coinye. Uh, so, so apparently, no affiliation with the the name that sounds like Coinye West, mm-hmm. and and that uh, kind of they, they lost the ability to call that currency Coinye West. So, when you think about these three currencies, um, where are you going? As let, let, let's say, let's split this up. Where are you going as an investor, mm-hmm. and where are you going as a consumer? <sighs> It would be tough not to go with Fullcoin. Coin, Coinye, I guess I can't say Coinye West anymore, right. has some very advantageous features as well. So looking at those two, just for some diversification mm-hmm. here, I would probably go investor, Fullcoin, consumer, Coinye. What about you? Interesting. Mm-hmm. It, you know, for, um, for consumer, I think it's a, it's a clear choice that it's got to be Fullcoin. Like, like I said earlier in the show, this is the first digital currency that I think really makes currency legitimate in the name. Right. Uh, as far as investor, though, I'm going full coin for investor, too. We've, we've seen incredible price action on just the first day. True. 
that since we've uh, since the company has released Foolcoin, and and if we look at this is sort of a, an FAQ on Foolcoin versus others, you've got a six six sigma six sigma Mandelbrot model that solves for one Foolcoin is greater than or equal to five hundred dollars. So that's sort of guaranteeing. So you got a floor. Yeah, you've got a floor there. Whereas Bitcoin, you don't really have any sort of valuation uh, guarantee backing it. So whether you're a consumer, whether you're an investor, I think Foolcoin is the way to go. And again. Uh, listeners and viewers can go to fool.com to learn more about Foolcoin and uh, potentially score free Foolcoins, which is just incredible. Free money. I, 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 don't, I don't even believe that we're doing that, to be honest. Mm-hmm. All right, moving on to, uh, in, in, instead of a game for today, we're trying out a new segment. Um, we don't really talk much about technical trading, so we're, the new segment, Tech Traders Corner, mm-hmm. we're going to go through a couple stocks look at some technical signals and what they may mean for these stocks. I'm going to start out here uh, with Bank of America. Right. Um, I've got, a, I've got a, a daily chart for Bank of America going back basically through the end of last year. Um, I want to start out with the Adipin double wave resistance. So I've got some basic, um, I've got some basic MACD, mm-hmm. um, some oscillators here on this chart. I'm going to add in the Adipin double wave resistance. Basically what you have here is the double wave coming in. Mm-hmm. And these waves here, I mean, they look just like, uh, think about it just like an ocean wave. They provide the resistance here. And if we look, as I've drawn this in, let me hold this up for the, the viewers. So, so as, as you look here, mm-hmm. it is blocking the stock from going up. And, and interestingly here, I'll hold this up again. Uh, so interestingly, we want to get into the background, what this means, how this came up. Add a pin interestingly, is the name of an antidepressant. Hmm. So the Adipin double wave resistance, basically depressing, that's the way you right. think about it, it's depressing the stock. Now, now, Bank of America, in terms of volume, has amazing price action mm-hmm. in the market. Not every stock has the same sort of price action. Right. Can this be applied to smaller cap stocks? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, you're basically just looking for this, this double wave format in the, in the blocking of the stock. One one more uh, that I want to add in here on this chart, is, and this is this is what we're looking at here. This is what we're going to be looking at in the very recent price action, and this is the this is the Takahashi Samurai breakout. Mm-hmm. So basically, it's basically just drawing. It's the form of a samurai sword. If you look at the, there's a little spike here, just the last couple right. of days, and you see the beginning right. of that sword hilt. Forming. And looking at March, we can kind of say that's the, the base there. Right. So, so we know it's not going to go below that. Exactly. So, so it's sort of the, the, the hilt of the sword mm-hmm. provides a, a, a base of a floor there. And as you see this breakout coming, if you think the way, the way a samurai sword would go, mm-hmm. straight up. So, I mean, this is a very, very bullish indicator on Bank of America stock. Right. Uh, the other one I want to look at today was Morgan Stanley. This is a stock that's you know, had some had some trouble. I, I, it's fallen off a lot of investors' radar, and when I look at some of the recent action, there's it's not surprising why. So if we if we draw in here, right through the middle, right, this this line right through the middle here, this is this is showing the lysergic sliding as, uh, right. the lysergic sliding average, I should say, and again the background on this. Lysergic, I, I don't know if you're familiar with this, but uh, what people tend to call acid, what right. people mm-hmm. use back in, 
lysergic acid. That's not even the full name of it. But the lysergic sliding average is basically, it's this, it's this average line that looks at 47 days past resistance uh, before breakout. Right. And the reason that it was named after lysergic is the way that the stock reacts when it's falling below this limiter uh, can just make traders feel absolutely crazy. And is it it 47 days prior or is it 47 days for the same time period each of the last 10 years and kind of averaged out? Based on non-breakout. Non-breakout, okay. Non-breakout. It's, it, I, know it's, I know it's a little bit confusing, and we don't always talk about this here, so it's important that, that we get this straight. Um, so, so you've got that, and that's what's been happening, happening to this stock here, mm-hmm. and, and that's what's been causing uh, investors and traders so much problem. But um, again, we're, we're going to look at a little, bit, um, a little bit more recently, and we've got this happening right here. So this is this is sort of what's happening right now and then this is what's going to come in. I'm looking at a tri-stutter droperol counter trend. Mm-hmm. So basically this is this is a line that runs counter to the trend and and we're looking at the trend on that lysergic sliding average. And the again, I'm going to go into the the background of this tri-stutter because there are three stoppage points mm-hmm. along this breakout. Uh droperol Again, we're going. They're drawing from medicine on this. This is an antipsychotic drug, so this is often seen in pairing with the lysergic sliding average. Lysergic sliding average, you move into the drapiterol counter trend, which then breaks you out. So I think with Morgan Stanley, what we may be seeing here is that tri-stutter counter trend breaking in and bringing the stock. My, my back only out. question would be: Is we, we see these trends, and I, I see the, the tri-stutter as well, and that's been a, a, a tested method in the past, but what do you say to someone that back in September 2008, we saw Lehman Brothers follow a similar tri-stutter trend where we thought it was going to break out, mm-hmm, and we obviously mm-hmm. know what happened. So can we say that this is 100% certain here with Morgan Stanley? Well, I, I think the difference, the difference was that if you look at Morgan Stanley's, uh, Morgan Stanley's stock performance more recently, I'll hold this up one more time, Basically, you've already had it go counter right. to the lysergic average. Okay, so you're you're going counter to that already. So you're already following into, um, and you've got one stop, two stop of that tri stutter, um, of that tri stutter average. So I'm pretty convinced that it has broken out of that average and is moving fully into the drapiterol counter trend. And, and what do you? What's kind of your time frame here? Is this a an intraday trade? Is this a week, uh, a month? How how are you looking at this trend? I think this is like. 72 to 84 hours right. kind of range. So so intra-week. Intra-week, I think, okay. is, a good, is a good way to put it. But, but I would really put it specifically within that range, 72 to 84 hours, because you can actually, you, you can plot this. Remember, you've got one, two, three stutters, and you can plot the, the, um, the same distances between the stutters, and you can come to exact... Uh, right. Amounts of time like that, but only within that kind of time frame. Only well for the, for this particular because I've measured it right. on on uh, Morgan Stanley's chart. All right, all right. Do we have tweets today? No, kind we of don't. got a special show today, so we're going to end it right there. I'm Matt Copenever. This is David Hansen. That's our show today. You can find us on uh, iTunes. You can find us on Twitter at TMF Financials. And again. Go to Fool.com to find out more about Foolcoin and all of the great offers around Foolcoin today. That's all we have. We'll see you tomorrow. People on the show may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. 
don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear.